Hello, everybody, or should I say, Guten Tag, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Chief Brief. Today is Thursday, November 16th, and the Chiefs, as well as myself, are coming off a much-needed bye week. Karma is the guy on the Chiefs? Are you kidding me? That's so clever. That's so witty. That's the best thing I've ever heard. That might actually be the single most important song lyric in the last 100 years. Well, in reality, looking back at the Germany game, it looks like Karma might actually be the guy who used to play on the Chiefs. Because Herman Melville taught us that you can't get revenge on a whale. But maybe, just maybe, this week showed us you can get it on a dolphin. Why do you care about the dolphin? Do you know him? Does he call you at home? Do you have a dorsal fin? And so with that, let's take it into the Blitz. Week 9, 21-14 Chiefs in a huge revenge match. Both teams look pretty similar. Uh, their offenses put up pretty much the exact same number of yards. They're both awful converting on third downs. No one converts on a fourth down. They both contribute uh, with 100% of their red zone trips, which are, again, few and far between. Uh, the one difference in this is uh, a big mistake by the Dolphins ends up helping out the Chiefs. This game ended up being more defensive than anyone that tells you Taylor's new music is good as her old music, and jet lag cost us what might have been the best shootout of the season. This was one of those games where you couldn't really tell if it was poorly played by both sides or well played by both sides or maybe a little bit of both, which is what I think it ended up being in the end. Uh, I was pretty nervous going into the game because the Dolphins arrived a week early and had tons of time to adapt to the time zone and the jet lag. And I'm pretty sure Andy Reid had his Expedia notifications on and got a last minute deal with the team showing up like 30 hours before kickoff. Well, I'm glad some people could resist the lures of the big game. Oh my god, I forgot the game! Uh, but to be honest, I'm just happy that there wasn't a mad dash for the gate and they forgot their quarterback behind in what I can only assume would be called Mahomes Alone. So let's break it down, starting with the special teams. Tommy Townsend did what Tommy Townsend does. He averaged 50 yards a punt. Uh, he kept him deep all game. Bucker stepped up on three extra point attempts. He nailed them all. He did his thing. And McColl didn't make a few fair catches that he probably should have but I actually liked seeing that because after the previous fumble it's nice to see that he still has that confidence he took some risks that didn't work out but he held on to the ball and at least he took the risks I'll tell you the truth dad I wasn't good at it right away so I quit I hope you're not mad son come here <laughs> of course I'm not mad if something's hard to do, then it's not worth doing. The offense sputtered, they looked tired, and the Dolphins have a good defense, so I get it. But again, they just didn't look like that Chiefs offense of the old. Uh, of course, our tight end led us in receiving yards. Yeah, that's right, Noah Gray. Who the hell is Happy Gilmore? Noah Gray was our leading receiver at 34 yards. Patrick Mahomes rushed for 24 yards in this game and still got more yards doing that than most of the wide receivers. He would have finished third uh, in receiving yards if you converted that. 
uh, Kelsey had three catches for 14 yards because the Dolphins and the rest of the league have figured out how to double team him when we don't have another option. Uh, essentially, uh, Jarek McKinnon was our best wide receiver in the game. He's fast. He's really, really fast. I mean, he's so fast. He makes fast people look not fast. With a couple nice catches and nice routes and a really nice touchdown. And Rasheed Rice continues his breakout season. I think he had his fourth receiving touchdown, uh, which is halfway to the rookie record. I don't think he'll get it, but I am excited about this kid still. I've been excited about it all year, and I'm even more excited about it today. Let's talk the defense. The defense looked great. Uh, let's start with the linebackers. I mean, we're all still upset about the Nick Bolton situation, uh, and we're missing a huge piece there. But everybody stepped up. We had a great sack by Leo Chanel. Uh, Willie Gay forced a fumble, and Drew Tranquil is an absolute tackling machine. Tackling fuel. That's right, a tackling machine. Tackling fuel. The D-line stepped up again with Chris Jones double-teamed. It's his third game in a row without a sack, but everyone else did their part. There were six quarterback hits on Tua, which is actually pretty impressive because when you look, the Chiefs and Dolphins rank second and third, respectively, in quarterback sacks against, which is pretty common when you have guys like Tua and Mahomes who are exceptionally good at getting out of that pocket when it breaks down. There were five sacks in the game. The Dolphins had two, the Chiefs had three, and only one came from a defensive lineman, the Chiefs' Tershawn Horton. And they struggled a bit with a run game. The Dolphins averaged 5.6 yards a carry. Luckily for us, they were trailing most of the game and went into pass mode, which leads us to the defensive backs. My God, what a game they had. Everyone got involved. Look, Jackie, people can't just go flying in the air like that. We had seven different defensive backs make tackles in this game. Jalen Watson had a huge sack, and let's talk about the play. At the end of last episode, I said the key to this game was going to be the microcosm of Trent McDuffie versus Tyreek Hill, and I got so excited. First drive, there it is. Tyreek Hill versus Legereus Sneed, and I felt like an idiot because when you look at the stats, Legereus has actually been the best cornerback on the team this year completely shut down of all defensive backs with 40 targets against them this year he finishes top five in both quarterback rating against at 59.1 and completion percentage with only 50 percent of passes coming his way being completed what an embarrassment of defensive riches to have two shutdown guys to have two guys able to go up against the best wide receiver in the game Geez, Homer, I thought someone with two wives would be happy. No, you're thinking of someone with two knives. I gotta tell you, this is pretty terrific. <laughs> yeah. And then it happened. One minute left in the first half. Legereus Need has to go off on a medical timeout after a doctor sees him make a hit with his head lowered. And so, out comes Trent. 22 versus number 10. The play I've been waiting all week for. And then this. For the Dolphins at the Kansas City 30. Chiefs lead 14 to nothing. They'll throw it in the near side. Tyreek Hill hit right in the stomach. Fumbles the ball. Picked up by Kansas City. Tyreek Hill with the catch and a fumble recovery up the sideline. Here comes Bank. It's it. Brian Cook. 10 5. Touchdown. Kansas. I warned about playing Tyreek too close because he'd burn you or too far away 
because you'd give him too much space to juke you out. So what's Trent do? He leans back, lets the play develop, reads it perfectly, steps up, and takes the ball right out of his friggin' hands. It's laying on the ground, and then Mike Edwards scoops it up and makes maybe the best defensive play I've seen in a long time in a lateral to Brian Cook, who returns it 60 yards to the house. You couldn't write a better winning touchdown to this football game. And then, of course, Tyreek comes out on a podcast this week in typical Tyreek fashion saying he's not going to complain, but he thinks that it shouldn't have been called a catch in the first place. Tyreek's actually arguing for the first time ever that he didn't catch a football. And classic Tyreek to say, I'm not going to argue, but then essentially hand the host of the podcast a script, hitting all the points he would like to argue himself. It's essentially the football equivalent of saying, no offense, but, and then just offending someone anyways. doesn't give you carte blanche to say whatever you want after I'm not going to complain. And then to hear a guy try to be gracious in defeat and have this released this week. Listen to this before that play. Listen to Tyreek's foot literally end up in his mouth. Come on, Tutu. You ain't playing against nobody yet like me, boy. It's on all day, baby. You're talking shit for the hell of it. Addicted to betrayal, but you're relevant. You honestly think Tyreek would have learned his lesson in this Super Bowl when earlier in the season he shot the deuces at the Bucks and they shot him right back at him when they beat us in the final. Honestly, the guy has never been able to back up his trash talk. Another huge turnover explodes in his face and that'll take us into this week's top five my five favorite Chiefs turnovers. Number five. In week three of the 2021 season, Justin Herbert and the Chargers faced the Chiefs at Arrowhead. In a 24-24 tie with about 30 seconds left in the game, the Chargers were marching on the Chiefs' four-yard line. Instead of kneeling or running the football and kicking what would be a pretty easy chip shot for the win, Herbert dropped back in the pocket and threw a touchdown to Keenan Allen, giving Mahomes enough time to come back. It was one of the dumbest calls I've ever seen, and unfortunately, it worked out. Mahomes tried the drive, but fell short. Well, the next time they came to town, in week two of the 2022 season, it was a little reminiscent of the pass. Late in the fourth quarter, tied 17-17 on the Chiefs' four-yard line. Justin Herbert dropped back in shotgun, and threw the ball. Except this time, playing in his second NFL game, Jalen Watson intercepted it and returned it 99 yards for what would then end up being the game-winning touchdown. Suck it. Number four is the reason for one of my biggest superstitions in sports. Losing 24 to nothing at the start of the second quarter, the Houston Texans were on pace to beat us like 80 to nothing. I moved to the right arm of my couch, curled up into an anxious ball, and said, maybe this will change our luck. Well, the Chiefs scored two times in about seven minutes, and then, down 24-14, they forced a fumble on a Texans kickoff return. 
This was the turning point for the game, and they never looked back. They ended up winning 51-31 to in what might be the greatest comeback I'll ever see them accomplish. Which is why you'll find me on the right armrest of any couch I'm sitting on when I feel like one of my teams needs their luck to turn. I'm not superstitious, but I'm, I'm a little stitious. Number three is from last year's Super Bowl. With the Chiefs trailing 14-7 to early in the second quarter, Jalen Hurts dropped back into the pocket where he met Nick Bolton, who sacked him, forced the fumble, recovered the fumble, and then scooped it up and ran it back for a 35-yard touchdown, tying the game 14-14. This play would be higher on my list, but I'm still upset at the fact that I bet $50 before the game on Nick Bolton to win Super Bowl MVP, and later in the same game, another scoop and score. However, this time, it was ruled that the wide receiver didn't make a football move. Yep, you know, the exact same argument that Tyreek tried to make this week. The bet paid $2,700. You see, my wife, she has been most vocal on the subject of the pretzel monies. Where's the money? When are you going to get the money? Why aren't you getting the money now? And so on. So please, the money. Number two comes from the AFC 2020 divisional game against the Cleveland Browns. In the game that is now dubbed the anything is possible game, there are three things I remember. Chad Henney's third and 18 massive run that launched him into this legendary figure. The fourth and one catch and sit down to seal the game by Tyree Kill. And Daniel Sorensen with one of the craziest turnovers I've ever seen to this day. 16-3 Chiefs. However, the Browns are pushing with a huge pass. They're on the two-yard line when Sorensen comes out of nowhere. Tyron Matthew has his hands in the air yelling about a blown coverage on what is going to be a surefire touchdown. Sorensen definitely leading with his helmet in what is definitely a dirty hit, but hey, they didn't call it. Dislodges the ball. It goes through the end zone for a Chiefs touchback in what is still the dumbest rule in football. But hey, we kept them out of the end zone and it looked pretty certain at that point and number one is a Patrick Mahomes interception no seriously it is 2019 Super Bowl fourth quarter 12 minutes left Chiefs trail 20 to 10 to the 49ers Patrick Mahomes drops back in the red zone throws the ball behind Tyreek Hill and Tavarius Moore intercepts it the entire team erupts they run back into their own end zone. They do that thing that every defense does now on every turnover where the whole team poses for the photo in what at the time was definitely them sealing the Super Bowl. Well, what did I do? I got up. I moved over to the right armrest of the couch. And, well, let me tell you, 31-20 to Chiefs. The next time in that game you heard Tavarius Moore's name, was when he had a huge pass interference call that gave us our next touchdown. Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. And number zero. Number zero? What are you talking about? Well, that's actually some of my favorite turnovers that never happened, 
but should have happened. The 2018 AFC Championship against the Patriots and Tom Brady. One, Garrick Dieter recovers that muff punt by Julian Edelman. I don't care what your replay saw with the immaculate reception. He touched it, and that should have been our touchdown. Number two was the interception on the D Ford offside. I mean, sure, that was a legit offside and it shouldn't have counted, but Brady had no idea it was offside and he threw his third interception of the game. And that play never should have happened because the Chris Jones pass interference call was still to this day the weakest I've ever seen in my entire life. And Chris Jones in the middle, you're going to see him push the pocket on Tooney and right there he slaps. And right that where? looks right where? similar to the one earlier where he didn't hit him. I, I think that's the same thing that happened to Mahomes earlier. With Trey Flowers. Yep. But enough about that. Because as Tyreek would say, I'm not complaining. Because to beat a team, you have to stop them. And you can't complain about the rules. Which reminds me of next week's game against the Philadelphia Eagles and the brotherly shove. Which will take us to this week's Big Red Rant. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. The Brotherly Shove, or the Tush Push as some people call it. Philadelphia has been doing it for a while. They did it last year. They're doing it this year. And the league is complaining that they need to stop because it's unstoppable. Well... They're just running a play. Stop it. Everyone's talking about, oh, well, it's not fair. It's almost like it's first and nine every time because they're guaranteed that last yard. Well, then stop them. You know it's coming. Stop it. I don't care how many guys are pushing Jalen Hurts. You have the same amount of guys on your team. So push back. You can't really complain. This is super reminiscent of baseball when everyone was complaining about the shift so they had to make the two and two on each side of the bag rule just hit the ball the other way when the game changes you change you don't just complain to the refs and the league and say this isn't fair think about it last year they had a 93 percent success rate with the brotherly shove yeah that's pretty good but tom brady had a 91 percent career QB sneak success rate and no one said for 20 years oh well that's not fair on fourth down Tom's not allowed to have the ball he was just as unstoppable and I hate Tom Brady probably more than I've ever hated anyone that's ever walked on this planet but rules are rules and they're not breaking any so just stop them this is ridiculous I hope they do it to us next week, and I hope with how good our defense is playing, we stop them. Every single team in the league has 11 guys on the field, and the same 11 guys can push your quarterback that are pushing Phillies. I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in into your life. Well, so I... Uh... Write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most We find most people can, uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, you're there. Stop it! And so speaking of Philly, we'll put 13 seconds on the clock 
and we'll wrap it up the same way we do every week with a 13 second drive how to beat philly ready go it's all about the d line it has nothing to do with jalen's rushing it's all about his passing and their only loss this season he was blitzed the fewest time in any other game but was under more pressure and had more hurries than he did the rest of the season the jets d line beat him that day my final prediction chiefs 31 eagles 28 we've had the d line we've had the depth and it's time for chris jones to wake up and do what he does here's hoping i'm right and here's hoping i see you here next week Everybody, have a good night. All right, how about the, how about let's just give him one, okay? All right, how about those? Right. Hey, great job, great job today. Way to find a way to get a win. Hell yeah. A ton of stuff we can clean up. Let's get ready to go for this next week, baby. Chiefs on three, one, two, three. Chiefs.